It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 183. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a good evening. It's Tuesday the 26th of September. I'm Ronan Berry and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business here on Midlands 103. Coming up between now and 8 o'clock, Colin Donnery will be along to talk about the findings of a survey indicating that over one third of Gen Z want to avoid human contact in work. Now, what impact might that have on team building? Because we all know if you break it all down... Building great companies and great organisations is all about building great teams too. Colin will talk about that in the context of the recent Future of Talent event that FRS Recruitment ran in Croke Park last week. And indeed, Colin will give us some of the key takeaways from that because looking at the future of talent, how we attract it and how we retain it into our businesses, how we upskill and train people to be ready for future needs of our businesses is of critical importance, particularly now when we're at full employment too. Also, did you know that a record 102,000 passengers travelled through Ireland Airport, Ireland West Airport or Knock Airport as you might know it in August and on Tuesday the 29th of August was their busiest ever day in the airport. Well later on I'll be talking to Donald Healy. He'll talk about the factors behind the continued growth of that regional airport. Also I'll have a look at some of the storms that might be facing your business. That is a quirky look. Stay tuned for that in about 10 or 15 minutes time and um, I might even have an update on a new business that is producing soap from cow's milk, all in response to a family member who was suffering from eczema and was looking for a potential treatment and a remedy for it too. So lots coming up here on Taking Care of Business. If you want to get in touch with me here in the studio, you can do, as always, you probably know the number off by heart by now, but here it is anyway. It's 083 30 10 103. You get me by text or WhatsApp is the quickest and most effective way to get me while I'm sitting here in the hot seat. That, of course, is powered by the home of Offaly's top-selling car brand, Lamb Brothers Toyota on the Arden Road in Tullamore. If you've got something bigger to get off your chest, business at midlands103.com is the email and uh, we can follow up on those in the next couple of days. But to begin this evening, if I was to shout, good man Kilroy, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, I'm sure many of you listening to the radio are probably jumping up straight away going, well, that reminds me of one thing and one business and one family, the Kilroy family from Tullamore who ran such an amazing business in Tullamore over the years. Well, the family continues in business and John Kilroy set up Kilroy Kitchens about four years ago and he has a major showroom and factory in Mullingar and he's just opened his doors or is just about to open doors on a new premises in Tullamore. And John joins me in studio now. Very good evening, John. Rolling, how are you That uh, famous saying, I think you've, you've began using it yourself again and it's proved rather popular already, I believe. That's right, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, people are writing it on Facebook. It actually, it, it was uh, it was on an ad, I think, uh, back in probably 2002, three, four, th- sort of thing, you know, when I was in school. And I remember some of the older lads used to be roaring at that main school. <laughs> and I'd be like, go away, leave me alone. And it probably drove you mad at the oh, time. it drove me mad but, at the um, time, that's it, yeah. And uh, later years, I moved to Australia and they had out there as well. So I said, you know what? We'll lead with that again, you know, if it might be ingrained in the, some of the people still of the old generation and, uh, and my own generation. It's almost if you can't beat them, join them. But as you say yourself, it's already proven rather popular too. And I know even it's amazing in the last couple of days seeing stuff in both, you know, on the radio here and in print media, people are kind of going, well, it's fantastic to see the Kilroy name as always going strong. But I suppose take us back to your own business, Kilroy Kitchens. It's not a new business. About four years ago, you decided to take the, the plunge into kitchens. Yeah, about four years ago, yeah. I um, would always had a background in construction, you know. Um, 
I was started out as a plumber there and I would have done groundwork and carpentry and all sorts of everything, you know. Um, and my major background would be my dad, I had a furniture shop, you know, and obviously my grandfather would have been, they would have been heavily involved in furniture as well, but my dad uh, probably would have got me interested in antiques and furniture and design and I've always had a flair for that, you know, and that probably led me towards the kitchen thing where I actually started in a hardware um, and a man took me under his wing there, um, Tom Heaven was his name, give him a shout out there, and uh, he, um, yeah, he taught me about drawing, hand-drawing kitchens and designing kitchens, and I loved it, literally just took to it like a duck to water, and from there on, I have just went towards it, a year year after that, I went to start out my own, up in Shoreham, Moingar, um, first kitchen actually I'd done was in Tullamore, um, sold it out to boot my car, <laughs> <laughs> literally door and worked off and you know like most like most things you know and uh, yeah opened the showroom to the more and since that it's grown rapidly you know there's uh, it was just myself there to start um, and you know we've went from strength to strength there's eight of us there currently uh, they're now soon to be ten we're taking another fitter and a, another girl coming into the more there as well um, yeah and it's a big thing for us moving into the more um, you know, it's something I've always kind of wanted to do because, you know, the grassroots were there um, and uh, the historical Kilroy name there in Tullamore, you know, so. And what's actually really nice, and I just happened to pass it um, on foot there today, is actually where your opening is right beside the Esker Art Centre, which was one of the original Kilroy buildings. And you're in that, was it the, was it the old coffee shop? Was it Conway & Co or was it That's the Barber's? Right, it was yeah. an old coffee shop. I see shop, you're converting yeah. it there at the minute. So That's what's right. the plans for that? Is it kind of a design centre? Is it a showroom? What's your, where do you see that uh, developing? Yeah, it's kind of, it's a, it'll be similar to Mullingar, um, similar layout. It's a small space, you know. Um, it's a design, there's going to be a few kitchen displays in it there. We have everything you could want in there, you know, in terms of doors, worktops, handles, all that sort of stuff. Uh, what we do is we've, invested in a lot of software and we do uh, like 3D virtual reality designs we can draw anything so it's kind of like a try before you buy like test driving a car so we can literally show you what your kitchen's going to look like in your house before you get it uh, show you all your materials all that sort of stuff we give a different service to a lot of companies where we you know we treat each customer we take them in for a couple of appointments first one being you know we spend an hour or two with them get to know them build their relationship, get into their head, see what they're after, what they don't like about their old kitchen or what they'd like in their new house, this, that, the other, um, and try and build their dream kitchen from there. And we, you know, it's we try to work on a one person at a time, appointment only. So from the point of even before we'd ever make a kitchen or even sell a kitchen to a customer, we might have taken them in for three, four appointments. We've been in their house and, you know, a relationship is built. Um, and that's how we kind of mean to go on. I suppose that it gets the most used room pretty much in every house too. So it's fairly important you get it right. And I know from your website, KilroyKitchens.ie, you speak to that kind of that, that high end design service that, that the team can offer too. But I, right. guess, I guess people are probably got really good at knowing exactly what they want in their kitchens because with all these 
property renovation and development shows and the likes of Dermot Bannon, people are probably getting very particular on all these little features they want or, or do you find that most people's aspirations oh, are, are grounded enough? Oh, it's unreal, yeah. We, we do. A lot of people come in and they know what they want now, you know, they know the names of everything and uh, they come in, the internet is, uh, you know, the p- Pinterest <laughs> yeah. breaks our heart sometimes but we still, we'll, we, we'll work with everybody, you know. Um, they come in with pictures of this and they want this and that and the other um, and we can cater for most, you know. Um, we, uh, yeah, we try to, we do practical, we try to work for and do practical designs, you know, practical quality value kitchens there. Uh, and we're always trying to work with materials there that are good quality or built for living in the house rather than these fancy, fancy kitchens that go in and you have to mind them and, you know, take them, not that you won't mark them and all this sort of stuff. We're trying to put in kitchens there that are durable will take a hack and, and people can live in the house and good quality material there that's going to last and, you know, not charging a high-end price, you know, affordable. I think that'll pique people's interest, all right. Um, undoubtedly, you see a massive, massive opportunity there. I think it's kitchen always seems to be something that people have a line of sight on. At some point, we would like to renovate that and, and say almost change the fabric of a house too. Um, what kind of what are the really trending things at the minute and, and what do you see as being the big things? Like, I mean, is the island the thing of the past or do people still almost insist on having an island? Because again, on some of these shows, they're squeezing islands into tiny little kitchens and it probably doesn't suit. But what do you see as being the, the big trending things? At the yeah, minute? that's it. Yeah, islands are still popular, very, very popular. And sometimes... They won't work. <laughs> I've even <laughs> had to go out to houses sometimes and draw an island out with chalk on the floor and where you'd have to go around it to say, look, you you can put it in, but you won't be able to do anything here, you know. Uh, peninsulas, uh, breakfast bars, mm. popular stuff like that, you know. U-shaped kitchens, uh, big open plan rooms and that. Um, uh, and obviously quartz has, we do a huge amount of quartz there now. Quartz has as in stone worktops, has come down massively in price there compared to laminate worktops have come up in price, all this sort of stuff. And it, it's, it's a, you know, it's not a like-for-like like product. Um, and, yeah, it's the stuff you can do with quartz is fantastic. We're very excited about it. And even cladding walls and stuff so you don't have grout and joints and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, very interesting, I suppose, from a, a splash splashback perspective as well. If you have like oils or greases splashing around, if you haven't got the grout, you know, things like that could be a little bit more convenient in terms of Absolutely. The cleaning too. More, but, um, more hygienic. It does sound well. like there's a, a vast range of materials as well. But your colour color has got, yeah. like, colours have just gone mad altogether, you know, and it's great. I love it, you know. I get very enthusiastic sometimes about colours and, and, and all this. But uh, yeah, we can do literally everything. And we have a team of designers there, you know. Um, we have a, a girl in Mullingar called Emer there. She does all, a lot of the design in there, including myself. And a new girl coming on the board there, Stephanie there. She does all the designs there as well. And we, we can, you know, we are design packages there. We can design everything there. Too. I suppose it's great now with people with, you know, phones in their hands. They can look at your iterations or new designs and you know, almost approve them fairly quickly. You can probably speed that up because oh, I'm sure you could keep designing forever and still not get oh, to that. That's to get to know I used to do the hand drawings, you know, I used to draw everything by hand myself. It was all done by me and like it was it was a hard sell, you know. It'd be you know, for some customers it'd be like looking into a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's exactly it, yeah. If you can if you can bring it into a three D model too and, and even coloured render drawings they can they can really make it stand out. But you're gearing up anyway, you're getting ready for a grand opening um in Tullamore on the, on Friday the twenty ninth as well. What have you got planned for that? 
Uh, we're doing a ribbon cutting. Uh, we're on pictures outside, and we're opening for that whole weekend. So we're opening Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, and then from then on. So we'll be open from Tuesday to Saturday, um, and it'll be usually we're probably going to be taking you know try to take customers on appointment only type basis. So ring up, give them a dedicated two hour slot, uh, and uh, yeah, we're very excited for it. You know, and there's a good bit of history in it there as well. You know, my grandfather's house would have been across the road from where we're going, the shop we're going into, I think that my dad told me he used, my grandfather and him used to buy sweets in it years ago. Uh, it was an old sweet shop. And next door would have been the original Kilroy's and my granddad would have grown up upstairs. So there's a huge amount of history in it there altogether. And it was keeping, keeping the Kilroy name flying high. Yeah, absolutely. I said it's been phenomenal in the last couple of days when the news kind of broke and, and I think the goodwill, it's testament to, to the family too. And, and, uh, you, you're talking about the history of the family, but you're bringing your own business history, like for a business that's set up, you know, not long before COVID, to have grown the way you've done already and to be launched in Tullamore is a huge achievement for you. And it sounds like um, great things are going to happen there. So, John, all the very best with that. And uh, say great to see the name back in Tullamore and uh, good things to happen. Thanks for a million for coming in this evening. Thank you, Ronan. That's John Kilroy there, the founder of Kilroy Kitchens. You can check them out, kilroykitchens.ie. Get them across all regular social media channels. Uh, one person that's probably doing a bit of overtime this evening is that very person, Emer, that John mentioned. Just text in there to wish him all the very best, going from strength to strength. So there you go. Good good support. Plenty of people listening in anyway. John, thanks a million. And um, Time now for a quick break. After that, we're going to look at that whole um, result of... A survey that was carried out by one company in the UK recently that suggested that over a third of Gen Zers actually want to avoid physical and, and actual one-on-one contact with people in the workplace. Now, what are the implications of that for businesses and team building as we go forward? Well, no better person to talk to us than Colin Donnery from FRS Recruitment. He'll be with me very, very shortly. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Still to come here on Taking Care of Business, a record 102,000 passengers travelled through Ireland West Airport in August and the, one of the last days of the month proved to be their busiest day ever. Donald Healy's their head of marketing and aviation there will be long to talk to us about the success factors behind the continued growth of that regional airport. Very soon too, I'll give you the latest business forecast. Mightn't be quite what you're thinking, but in about 10 or 12 minutes I'm have a listen out for that. And later on too, you're going to meet the owner of a new company that is producing soap from cow's milk. But before all that, I'd like to welcome Colin Donnery back on to Taking Care of Business. Colin is the group CEO of the FRS Group, and that encompasses many fantastic companies like FRS Recruitment, um, even some tech innovative companies like Herdwatch. Colin is also a director of Tourist New, and Tourist New has brought about 55,000 people back into the workplace from unemployment over the last number of years and, and indeed since its formation as well. Colin, though, is here to talk to us about one thing in particular, the results of a recent survey that suggests that over one third of Gen Z want to avoid human contact in the workplace. Uh, very good evening, Colin. Surely that can't be true. Evening, Colin. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I think it is true. I remember being at a conference uh, in 2011 and there was, I can't remember who the actual speaker was, but he talked about young people wanting to be alone together. And I sat there and what the bloody hell does that mean? And uh, no sooner had he said it than my, um, I, I, uh, who were doing uh, online courses at the time, they were about 12 um, in the back of cars and stuff on the precursor to Zoom and working away like that. And I think what we've seen really, I've seen it firsthand at home and that's um, 
they like to be left alone and they're communicating with each other um, in very different ways to the way we do today. So my, I have a daughter in Germany and I, I, um, I tried to ring her the other night and um, she sent me back uh, a voice note telling me why she couldn't uh, talk to me. Um, and then she sent me another voice note explaining a few other bits and pieces. And I was like, bloody hell, can you not just pick up the phone? So they they are communicating in a in a very different way. Um, I think it, there's sort of a, a dichotomy going on here, a number of levels. What's happening, a lot of them want to be in the office. So a certain sort of cohort want to be in the office and like that sort of social bit. But an awful lot of them like to... Um, like to, to to work from home, you know, and there's this push to move people back to the office. So we're seeing a lot of push and pull sort of factors um, in there. And they're very much set up really for, they are, they are the future of work. You know, people in their sort of 18 to 25 are, are uh, effectively the future of the work. And one of them said to me last night that, um, and pointed, pointed out, and this is one of the things that I think people and organizations need to get their head around, they, they're they're quite um, passionate about you know the economy, the environment, um, and they they said to me that they're the first generation that's poorer than the generation before. So they they're I, they're identifying these things quite quickly, and I think it's something um, employers particularly are going to have to get uh, get to grips with quite quite fast. So you, you don't agree with that? Remember, what, I remember a politician that a few years ago there was a generation that spent too much money on avocados on toast and and frappuccinos <laughs> and oat milks. We, we mightn't go down that rabbit hole yeah. this evening, will we? <laughs> no, no. But it, but it's, I, I, I think it's more like it really. Um, they're quite, you know, they they have a voice. I think you know because of social media um, and uh, you know, like as we've seen, they. They can they can get and so for organisations you know in terms of things like unions and and that I think they 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 organise with what unions talk about they organise um, in a quite interesting way like they because of social media and that they you know um, and we've seen that with sort of this whole cancelling thing of not only people in the media but organisations who take a misstep tend to be cancelled quite quickly you know so I I think that's something that organizations need to uh, need to keep in their in their mind um, for the future but I think it's a good it's it's a good thing I think that the challenge for them for Gen Z or younger workers really at the moment is that you know when we talk about the future of work and you know like AI taking jobs and robots taking jobs and all that sort of thing the things that actually set people apart um, from you know the, I suppose their jobs being uh, Jobs been taken, and uh, we talked about this at the conference you mentioned last week. Kevin Green um, from First Post talked about that hollowing out of the centre, which is those those jobs going in very transactional, administrative type roles in the middle. You know those middle class jobs, um, the things that set people apart and protect their jobs are critical thinking, creativity, and teamwork. Right. So uh, the the challenge for that sort of Gen Z generation and young generation is that. If they're not getting in and interacting with people, they're not going to obviously be very good at teamwork, you know, and um, creativity, like is a lot of it is done, obviously, uh, as individuals, you know, but when the, the power of creativity, when you bring people together and they're working together on things is quite strong. So I think that's a sort of a, you know, uh, again, another dichotomy of what's going on, you know, and it's, it's really, really interesting.
I remember hearing at a conference a number of years ago, there was talk at then was about the millennials and somebody kind of, I think, correctly pointed out that it's not a case of how are you people in the audience going to manage the millennials? It's how are they going to manage you? So I guess the same analogy applies to Gen Z. And that conference last week, the Future Talent event in Croke Park, I know you posted a number of kind of key takeaways from that. And that whole area, and you touched on there a few minutes ago about that voice that needs to be heard in organisations. If it's not heard, people will leave. The talent pool may begin to to you know, walk out the doors of your organisation. And the voices that need to be heard are probably very different than the voices that we traditionally heard in our organisations. And that whole area of diversity and inclus- inclusivity really was the central team, I believe, last Thursday. Yeah, so, uh, like, I, I think from, you know, listening to, say, Kevin Green and, you know, Johnny Campbell on the whole sort of that, the challenge out there at the moment, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've you know, um, a labour skills and talent shortage and the differences between them and that look labour you know can be trained quickly skills are more difficult you know and this whole sort of focus on skills it's easier it's easier said than uh, said than done but you know as you said you know bringing that those those diverse voices into uh, into organisations look diversity of thought and diversity of uh, in voice you know is it's really important you know from a from and you'd know this yourself from an innovation perspective, it's not always the the loudest talker in the room that comes up with the best ideas. So you know you've got to give them um, you've got to give those people uh, a voice, and it's very very difficult, particularly in in organisations that are that are growing um, organisations to have sort of command and control, which has been the sort of up to the sort of nineties. And um, if I think Kevin give a very good stat on, on, on the on the sort of value within companies is now is, you know, 85% of it is intangible. Like, and if you compare the market capitalization of, say, Facebook versus like an IBM, you know, uh, Facebook, you know, or Meta or, you know, has, has only, you know, 30,000 employees and that the value per head is like 2 million versus an IBM, which is around 100,000. So it's... Um, it's it's really interesting. It just shows that, like, uh, you know, investing in your in your people and in in you know in that um, development really is important. And you know, coming back probably to the to the Gen Z, it's not really. I I don't think they're looking for anything different in terms of from their from their careers than we all look for. Um, you know, you're probably in your sixties now, Ron, and I'm only in my forties. So um, it's uh, it's but, but we we all look for the same thing, right? So you know the whole Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know that self actualization. You know is really, really I think has never been truer. You know, and people are looking for. We talked about it at the conference last week in Crow Park as well. Like it's not just about where you work, right? So it's not about you know hybrid or remote or you know it's about flexibility, and that's what younger workers and the new age of work is about and offering flexibility, but. I think, you know, what we see really is that organizations haven't really kept up with that. So managing, managing, I suppose, that workforce within that sort of new world of work has proved really challenging. And I had someone in front of me today from, a, from a, uh, one of the largest sort of organizations uh, in the country that advise other organizations telling me we have to get people back to the office, you know. And I was like, a bit, I was sort of a bit taken aback, you know, and I was like, 
why? You know, and he was like, well, we can't, we can't manage them. And I was like, well, surely you can put new systems in place and, you know, uh, new measurements. And I think, you know, Kevin talked about it. Kevin Green talked about it last week. And in, in the way we, you know, measure people and communicate, you know, like, and I think that was a, a central theme of the conference last week was, you know, we need to over communicate and, and give people voices and two way communication. And, and it was just uh, really, uh, really, really eye opening, uh, you know, for, for, for me anyway. And that's interesting because, again, from that, we can look at how organizations ensure they're building those high performance teams now, because that survey also showed that a lot of managers actually need, need I think two thirds of managers believe that this whole kind of um, lack of, of, of desire not to have that to avoid human contact actually is destroying team culture. And we all know organizations generally survive and thrive because of great team building. So will that in turn put up challenges or is it just a case of changing systems? And I suppose within that, from a recruitment perspective, is the way that people are now recruiting staff, is that changing or is it about to change whole scale? No, we're not really seeing, uh, there's a bit of a lag like in terms of, you know, and, and again, it was coming up last week, hiring for skills, you know, like, and you hear, like, you, you hear this stuff all the time where we're not hiring, you know, we're hiring for attitude and stuff like that. But the problem is that a lot of managers are, you know, I won't say stuck in the past, but they're, you know, they've, they've dealt in a particular way for 10 years. So to make that change is, is very, very difficult. We hear about the death of the CV, like there's not going to be any CVs in five years. They've been saying that for 25 years, you know what I mean? And um, I, I just don't, I just don't see that changing in terms of the, I, I think, you know, organizations look, just have to adapt to that way of, um, to that new world of work. And it is, it's about systems, but it's all about sort of, you know, um, managing those intangible assets, your most important asset, you know, which is your, is your people, giving them flexibility, you know, giving them the, the power to, to, to grow, um, to grow within your, within your organization. You know, it's, it's, it's really, uh, really the most important thing. So. And and listen to those voices too, because there there likely is a huge uh, pool of untapped talent sitting within your organisation. Maybe you just haven't seen it or spotted it yet. But uh, Colin, it sounds like a, a hugely insightful conference that took place last Thursday as well. And uh, as always, thank you for coming on and, and giving your expert input into that. And uh, listen, all the very best and we'll catch up with you very shortly. Thanks a million, Ronan. Colin Donnery there is the group chief executive at the FRS Group 2 and said at the Future of Talent event that was in Croke Park last week, if you check out some of the, the kind of material that emanated from it, some really interesting keynote speakers um, really kind of on message around what organisations need to be aware of in terms of team building, of attracting talent, of retaining talent, tapping into that existing talent pool all because there is a huge shortage of talent out there. And even that was broken down in, in terms of the job shortages or that into the, into the talent, into the skills and into the actual the labour shortage as well. And, and each each area is actually quite independent of the other and, and has its own challenges there too. But um, lots of great stuff on that. And thanks again to Colin. Uh, time now for, as a famous programme once said, something a little different, because when it comes to looking at your business and strategising and thinking about what you might need to do or do next, um, how do you go about finding out what's going to, what might be the, the threats or indeed the storms facing your business? How about um, have a listen to this and uh, let me know what you think. 083 3010 103. And if my mouse had worked properly, here we go. Time now to go to the Midlands News Centre for your latest business forecast as experts announce the names of the storms expected to bring more pain to businesses across the region. 
Good evening, Ronan. Well, September got off to a blistering start with searing temperatures and high humidity accompanied by the rather timid storm lower than expected exchequer returns for August. Experts predicted a stronger showing than for the same period last year and are warning of the perfect storm of corporation taxes fizzling out, bringing dark skies and clouds over the country. Storm 13.5% VAT on hospitality has not presented a threat to hoteliers, restaurant owners and tourism operators since it was downgraded in November 2020. But as predicted to the minute, it regained full force at 12 p.m on 31st of August. The scale of devastation it is likely to cause will not be fully known for at least six months, by which time it may be too late for thousands of small businesses. Bear in mind that storm debt warehousing is expected to batter this sector into submission from 1st of May 2024. Affected businesses must have a phased payment arrangement in place with revenue before then or risk full exposure. Storm rising excise duty on fuel continues to pummel businesses and members of the public alike. And the latest prediction is that it will only reach its peak on the 31st of October 2023, when all subsidies are withdrawn, adding another 8 cents to a litre of petrol and 6 cents onto a litre of diesel. Storm Brexit has thankfully relented, but experts are struggling to agree on whether the full impact of the storm has been felt yet. Undoubtedly, our nearest neighbours are feeling the cold outside of Europe and one wonders whether attempts to batten down the hatches in the north of this country would be enough to withstand its force. And to think, people actually voted for this. Storm housing and accommodation shortage has been building momentum for a decade or more, yet the powers that be seem to be doing nothing to prevent it doing untold damage to the economy. Rumours abound of young people packing up their possessions and moving across the globe to escape the devastation. Storm living wage for all continues to grow in size and power too, and experts believe it is doubling in size month on month. Its eventual impact will obliterate the national minimum wage, leaving a new rate set at 60% of the median wage in any given year. Employers are advised to start preparatory works now now. This just in, a red weather alert for storm 14% pay hike has just been issued. Our sources claim it will be necessary to counteract the impact storm inflation is having on people and to prevent record numbers of Irish families being at risk of poverty. Latest predictions by the ESRI suggest pay hikes of at least 7% per year for 2022 and 2023 were needed to avoid stagnation in disposable incomes and to offset the effects of global events in 2021. Gosh, is there anything that could be done to reduce the impact of all these storms on local businesses? Ronan, only two people have the power to calm these storms, so we implore all business owners to put out the Child of Prague in advance of Budget 2024 on the 10th of October. The dynamic duo Pascal and Michael hold all the power on this one. Let's hope they deliver for Irish businesses. <laughs> I'd say those two and their cronies are far more concerned by Storm Mary Lou lurking on the horizon, waiting to find a way onto shore. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Ireland West Airport has enjoyed a record-breaking August as over 102,000 passengers used the airport. It was the busiest period in its 38-year history. And in fact, the 29th of August was the busiest day ever in terms of passenger numbers through the airport. The passenger numbers represent a 10% increase on the same period in 2022. Now, I'm going to hazard a guess that that's not just down to a post-COVID surge and people getting back on aeroplanes again. There must be some good, uh, well-thought-out strategies behind this one. To dig a little bit deeper into that, I'm delighted to be joined by Donal Healy from Ireland West Airport in Knock. A very good evening, Donal, and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business. Ronan, how are you? Donald, can you talk to us about some of the the strategies behind that that increase in passenger numbers? It must be it must bring great pride to you to you and all the team there. Oh, it is, Ronan. And look, at, I suppose when you if you flash back a couple of years ago, I always tell the story that I was sitting in my office uh, around mid-April in in 2020, and the car park, you know, what would have been normally 
the busiest time of the one of the busiest times of the year with about a couple of thousand cars parked and there's about seven cars in the car park at the height of the COVID pandemic. And if you think about that time when I remember at the time I was thinking, Jesus, will this ever return to what we were all familiar with prior to COVID? But it has, as we know, went on for a prolonged period and it only really run in last year around May time when the travel restrictions started being lifted did we kind of see a bit of a recovery in passenger numbers and it ended up last year we actually had a very very strong finish to the year and I'm sure as you probably know yourself and lots of people like you and around the country people were mad to get away on holidays so we weren't sure was that the peak of people you know escaping after a couple of years of obviously restriction after restriction but thankfully this year Ronan it's gone to new levels and as you mentioned there at the top of the show here that this year now is looking like it's going to be a record year for the airport with in the region of about 820,000 passengers and as you said culmination in what has been our busiest August on record so it has gone full circle and it's probably confounded a lot of the expert forecasters who at the time said it would be 2024-2025 before airports and aviation started to recover anything like pre-COVID level so you know it has been a remarkable turnaround. It's a fantastic achievement too, but I suppose take us take us to the airport itself there in terms of day-to-day operations. Has that brought about then an increase in staff or were you able to ma- retain those staff throughout the COVID period? And I suppose, you know, what is it that, that sets you apart? I think people definitely appreciate maybe, you know, the less traffic and it's probably easier to access from a lot of areas within the country. It is, yeah. And look at the big close-up on 200 people working at the airport. So we're obviously one of the biggest local employers of the region and the spin-offs of that of the impact of the airport obviously would be we'd be felt by the numbers of tourists who come into the region using the airport and the economic benefits that brings to the wider region so it, it has been you know no more than every business during COVID we had to downsize but thankfully we've had been able to bring back our full complement of staff and bring in some new staff and that has been you know probably one of the most pleasing aspects of the recovery from the pandemic but but look at you're 100% right Ron on what you said I think Post-pandemic, people started to, you know, look around, I suppose, a bit more of what places are less congested and more convenient to use. And we've particularly seen it towards the end of last year and in the summer last year, we started to attract a lot more customers from what we regard as our outer catchment. So if you, if you think of our, our main business, it comes from the kind of the conic region. But then when you go up to like the Longford, Offaly, Westmeads, that's we call that our extended catchment, we get about 20,000 passengers every year from that region and that's gone up to about 25,000 this year so what we've been welcoming this year is in particular and towards the back end of last year is a lot of new customers to the airport so you think about that low and Westmead for example equidistance to go to Dublin airport probably an hour and 10 minutes to get to the motorway and you'll be down in our airport in an hour and 10 minutes but I suppose what we would always see as the big selling point is when you get down here you're here you know you park at the car park it's literally outside the terminal building you'll be from the car park through security and departures within on a good day within five minutes. And I think people gained a, a bigger appreciation for that post-COVID and decided, look, they started to look around and see the routes we have. You know, we've 21 routes now at the minute, um, Ronan. We've flights to all over Europe. Last March, we announced a brand new service in London Heathrow with Herlingus, which has really been a game changer for the business and um, leisure industries here in the region as, as it provides connectivity to one of Europe's biggest hubs and onward connectivity to easy destinations across Europe to the likes of your know, Boston, New York, your Washington, where you can check in your bag now at Arrowmaster Airport and then collect it in New York. So that, that's been a game changer really in terms of profile for the airport and what that's brought and, and hopefully that, that has proven to be very popular with people in our extended cash in places like Westmead and Offaly and Longford, etc. 
and it probably is at odds with what you know where people's assumptions probably are because we've gone through a year or two and and not not factoring in the COVID but even the loss of talent in Dublin airport there and the issues with baggage handling that we saw all across Europe and what you've just said there almost you know it sounds the polar opposite of that and actually makes it sound very pleasant and I'm sure people are twigging on to that it's like the best kept secret there but is that message spreading outside of Ireland as well are you noticing more foreign travellers coming to the airport too? Yeah, well, when you, I suppose you look at our suite of routes, we have a, we have a big network of UK routes, so, you know, your usual three airports in London, Stansted, Luton, and the new Heathrow service. You have the likes of Bristol, Birmingham, Edinburgh, Manchester, Liverpool, all available now in it, um, from the airport. But then when you talk about tourist destinations, we have flights now from Barcelona, Cologne, and Milan. In particular this year, the Cologne service is, is a good example. You know, it's a major city in Germany, but we've started seeing a big increase now in the number of Germans coming into the region. So I think there has been probably a realisation, even not, not just in Ireland, but across Europe, that people want to come and visit the less populated areas of Ireland. So you like see your Midlands regions, like see your west of Ireland, the Wild Atlantic Way. That's all very appealing. And now you can fly right into the west of Ireland and in the Midlands area, Ireland's ancient east. And as you know, and I know, Ronan, the cost of accommodation, the cost of going out socially, eating out and all that, is a lot cheaper down in these areas than it is in the capital cities. And whilst you will always get a concentration of tourists who will want to come to Dublin and to the courts of this world, you know, people will probably realise now, well, they can fly direct into the West and be in Athlone in 50 minutes, be in Offaly in an hour and 20 minutes, and the cost of, of socialising and visiting is, is, is a lot cheaper there. So that has hopefully, we've really seen it this year now with the numbers coming in from Italy and Germany that have been probably at their strongest level since the routes come in. Yeah, and it's funny, and when you pointed out there, like, you know, for, for most towns across the Midlands here, maybe an hour, an hour and 30, you've got access to an airport like Knock. You know, you also have Dublin. But when you think about it in the in the wider context, that really within two and a half hours or three hours, you can be at pretty much any airport in the country. That's probably unique. We, we often overlook that, too. But the opportunity that presents for the hotel and tourism sector in this area is, is undoubtedly huge. But I suppose, Donald, based on the numbers that you've been seeing there and experiencing, is that now kind of informing your future plans? Like, will you be looking at expansion or getting more flights in? What does, what does the next couple of years look like, given? I mean, there's huge amounts of instability out there in any case. But uh, what are your plans at this point? Yeah, absolutely. Look, the, the magical figure for us, uh, Ronan, is to get to the million passenger mark. As I said, we'll probably be at about 820-odd thousand this year. We've had, a, as, as you mentioned, we've had a number of milestones this year, a number of new routes. The likes of Tenerife and Lanzarote have come on board with Ryanair for the winter. You can also fly to Malaga this winter. That's all new access that we wouldn't have had previously in the last couple of years. The Heathrow service, as I said, is a game changer. What that does then, Ronan, I probably put the airport on the map when we're talking to other airlines they say oh you've got a, a London Heathrow service or you've got all these flights ground across Europe that opens their eyes in probably to see well there is significant demand outside of the likes of, of Dublin and the, the bigger airports and that they can put more stuff into airports like ourselves and, and that then has the spin off of obviously getting closer to that one million milestone but it, as, as well as that Ronan we could we could you know we can benefit certainly from a lot more business from the Midlands region from the Longford and Westmead and Offaly's and it's it's kind of our priorities over the next couple of years is to keep putting that message out there in the Midlands area that, you know, Arlemar's Airport Knock is only an hour and 10 minutes from you. You know, come down here, you have access to 21 destinations. We think you get a very, very stress-free experience. Parking is very, very reasonable right beside the airport. You'll be through with your family if you're heading to Lanzarote. You'll be through departures in five or six minutes. And you can't put a price in that kind of convenience. You know, I'm sure, when you're going on a family holiday, the last thing you want to be doing is queuing for an hour and a half or waiting for shuttle buses in the rain or 
getting stuck. You know, you want to be in and out as quick as you can. Particularly yeah, when you come back from your holiday, I find. Yeah, absolutely. Or even not knowing if there might be a parking space available for you. And I was talking to people recently who were hoping to park at friends' or relatives' houses somewhere close to the airport in order to try and keep the car safe or at least know they had a parking yeah. space. So I think a lot of people's uh, a lot of people's attention will be caught by that tonight. But uh, Donald Healy, um, thank you so much for coming on this evening as well. And I think, yeah, it's, it is a great idea to kind of showcase that to people around the Midlands and let them know what's available there. And undoubtedly, there's much more to come as well. Thanks, Ronald. Appreciate your time. Donald Healy there is Head of Marketing and Aviation at Ireland West Airports up in Knox. There you go. Is it, is it one of Ireland's best kept secrets? And do you know what? There I say, you could even pick up a nice mass if you're up there too, if you were that way inclined. Time now for a quick break. After that, um, I'll bring you a little bit of update from the Ploughing Championships where one of our team members met a new business that had begun making soap from cow's milk. That's coming up now in just a couple of moments. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Farmer Gail Daniels was inspired by her daughter to create a new range of soap. It was after her daughter developed severe eczema that Gail began to look at alternative options to kind of conventional soap. She started then making soap from cow's milk. And Sinead Hubble from Midlands 103 caught up with Gail at the Ploughing Championships in Ratniska last week and began by asking about how it all began in her kitchen. Bovall soap is a uh, natural handmade soap using cow's milk straight from the dairy farm. And where did the idea come from for that? Uh, my daughter, when she was around two, developed eczema and I was looking for a uh, chemical-free uh, thing to treat it. So we sort of did a bit of research and we found out about goat's milk soap and I don't have any goats, I've got cows. So it uh, research and development and trials and errors and got a bit carried away and now we're here. <laughs> We've different uh, scents for the soaps then as well. I see lavender and plain unscented. Yeah. And the mechanic soap. Yeah, there's nine different varieties. So I have sort of the base one, which is the plain and unscented. Then I'd have the mechanic soap, which would have uh, ground pumice in it, which would be sort of good for getting sort of the grit. I developed that for my brother-in-law who likes to play with tractors in the spare time uh, there's the lavender uh, we've got the black and white which has activated charcoal and it has the cow print design on it uh, the nettle, uh, my children pick those from the garden and I dehydrate them and grind them into a powder uh, then there's calendula, pink clay uh, the gardener, I use uh, the wonky carrots uh, to get the carrot juice and uh, that's got poppy seeds in it so it's extra scrubby and then I've got uh, honey and oats, which is Irish oats and uh, Irish honey. Uh, the honey comes from my uncle-in-law, five kilometres down the road. So we try to keep it as local as possible. And as many of the family involved then, if the children are out gathering nettles as well. <laughs> yeah, well, they have to earn their keep somehow. <laughs> well, it's, it's supposedly very good for their motor neuron uh, skills, for them using scissors. So, and their coordination so they don't get stung <laughs> and their free labour as well <laughs> well <laughs> that's, that's debatable <laughs> and how long has it taken you to develop the product yeah well I suppose I started selling in December 2021 uh, but before that sort of research and development, uh, it started off as just sort of a hobby just to get something for my daughter yeah. and then it just sort of I had different, um, I used different recipes and I thought I had a really good recipe but then I gave it to my aunt, my brother-in-law and he said oh it's grand but it doesn't last very long so then I had to go back and change the recipe and reformulate it and uh, the, all of the bars that I have it takes six weeks to cure 
so it's sort of a long process mm. to uh, cure them and then test them and make sure you've tested them on the right people. Um, so yeah, it was probably, I'm going to say around two years sort of in the making and uh, then we sort of said, well, maybe we might try selling it and I said to my husband well if nothing else we'll have a lifetime supply of soap so uh, yeah we just got a bit carried away really <laughs> and where do you make the soap then uh, I make it in the kitchen and the laundry room basically uh, I'm a dairy farmer so sort of in between uh, school collections and droppings off and pickings up and homework and then moving wires and uh, doing bits and pieces it's uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's often the place where some absolutely fantastic businesses begin. Sinead Hubble there from Midlands 103 talking to Gail Daniels from Bobar Soap and again reacting to an issue at home and, and a, a skincare problem her daughter had and coming up with a solution there and now beginning to turn into a little business. Huge businesses um, on show there in the Enterprise Village at the Ploughing Championships last week. That's it for me for tonight. Joe's here after eight with Country Roads. I'll be back next Tuesday from seven. Talk to you all then. Taking care of business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.